Welcome to the Kingstonist Podcast, a daily look at news, sports, and all things Kingston. Brought to you by Taylor Audubon. When you buy a certified pre-owned from Taylor Automall, it means you have the backing of Canada's number one pre-owned sales brand. It also means that with your purchase, your vehicle will go through a rigorous 150 plus point inspection, comes with manufacturer's warranty, has 24 hour roadside assistance, and comes with a one-time exchange privilege. We have over 80 certified pre-owned on our lot right now. All makes, all models, anything you need. Certified pre-owned vehicles and Taylor Automall, above and beyond industry standards. And welcome to Kingston of Sports, brought to you by the Taylor Auto Mall, joined by my good buddy Kyle Campo. Welcome back to the uh, Venture Club and to the Kingston of Studios, and uh, it's been a busy week in sports. Yeah, a lot going on, kind of locally as well as uh, throughout the professional world as well. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're a high school soccer coach, and there's a lot going on. Uh, you were just telling me that uh, you, you, you coach KC, and uh, a bit of a logjam in the uh, senior standings. Yeah, the senior boys, boys soccer. Yeah. Senior boys soccer standings are, are kind of jam through from from the top seed through down to the fifth seed so there's a lot still to be played out in terms of where teams are going to end up uh and then playoff matchups still to be determined as well but and playoffs start next week playoffs start next week wow. so it's it's a quick season um but based on the nature of things wanting to get wrapped up and uh iasa and offset qualifications upcoming as sure. well so they want to make sure that the local scene is wrapped up before those tournaments get underway obviously uh, and then there's usually a cap in terms of when there can be extracurriculars into June okay. so that uh, there's not much crossover in terms of that and, and final exams and sure. finishing up the academic side. Um, now, uh, CASA baseball doesn't start until next week, but it's my understanding that they're having EASA before, prior to the uh, regular season starting. So how does that even work? Does everybody qualify for EASA? Or? So the, the way that that usually works out is EASA is still broken down based on or classification in terms of the size of the school. but in order for OFSA to function properly, they need to have some of those teams having their registration and stuff and everything sent in prior to the season finishing. So they, yeah, they usually have an EOSA tournament type yeah. in, in CASA and then some other schools who come in as well from outside the region uh, who compete in that EOSA tournament even before CASA is finished. So wow. some of the EOSA champions can be crowned and have their book, their ticket booked to OFSA uh, before the CASA season actually finishes. And, and, and theoretically, they may not win their regular season, their, their and that's league. That's exactly right. Yeah. So wow. there's actually quite quite frequently, obviously, there can only be one city champion, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of EASA representatives just based on the classification of the schools. So Ernesttown has now dropped into being a single A school along with, with uh, Granite Ridge uh, and Marie Rivier. And then there's a handful of double A schools, and then the two triple A schools are Holy Cross and Regi. And the thing with that is, is that they're the only triple A schools in the entire EASA region. So they so, they get their ticket punched. So whichever school finishes further in the standings between Regi and Holy Cross automatically goes to OFSA. And okay. usually, one of those two schools is in the mix for a city championship. Wow. For depending on what the sport is, but there has been chance or occasions where. They're not in the final or the championship, and they still get the opportunity to go on. But again, that's just the nature of how the classification system works for for population. Well, let's uh, let's switch to uh, the NBA. Uh, very compelling. Golden State and Houston play tonight. We're recording this on Friday afternoon, uh, the tenth of May, 
And if Houston wins tonight, we're going to have three game sevens on Sunday. It'd be excellent to see for the NBA playoffs, especially with how things worked out in the opening round. There was a lot. The top four seeds in each of the two conferences are into this round that we're currently in right now. Um, So there wasn't a lot of upset. There wasn't even really that compelling in terms of series. Uh, But yeah, it would be great to see for the NBA and have those game sevens all the way through for for each of the series, with the exception, obviously, of Boston and Milwaukee, which just turned into a Milwaukee. Milwaukee is a bit of a juggernaut, and and you know, obviously, everybody in Canada is following the Raptors, and and you know, you'd think after Game Five that the Raptors were going to go into uh, Philly and just uh, you know uh, sleepwalk through, you know, take that game, but they weren't even in it. No, and and uh, it always amazes me about the NBA that uh, more than any other sport, home court, uh, playing at home really does matter in the NBA. You could see that last night in the Sixers. They were just totally motivated. Obviously, they were playing with their season on the line and they had to show up, but it seemed like they got a a breakout game from all other guys, especially Ben Simmons last night, who looked really good. So, uh, And Toronto wasn't that good. Toronto did a bit of a combination of both. Yeah, Yeah, so I think that it was definitely a situation where um, yeah, the Raptors didn't play there, didn't play the way that they had played in games four and five. Um, but certainly the Sixers really stepped up and knew that they, they needed to get that game in this series back to Toronto, uh, or else it, it was obviously going to be lights out for them for the rest of the series. But it was interesting to see a lot of people talking about how the Raptors were the favorite going into that game last night. And even in Vegas, they yeah. were the favorite by Raps. a couple of points, I know, which is tough to believe on the road against a team like Philly. But I guess just the way that things have been played out and how Kawhi was looking for the last two games prior to last night. Um, it would make sense to see the Raptors favorite, and I think that they'll be favored by. At least oh, yeah, they will be four or five going into the. Oh, for sure. Seven. I mean, even go back to the days when when LeBron was in Cleveland. Uh, if it, when Cleveland did struggle, it was always on the road. They never never seemed to at home, and it's the same with Golden State. So it's it's uh, you know I, I'm I actually think Houston can win this game tonight, and and we will have three game sevens. So, They've got a very yeah. good chance, especially at home, even with Kevin Durant if Kevin, he was healthy. So obviously, and Kevin Durant's done done uh, for an, at least a week. Yeah, he's so. done for. They're saying at least for the rest of this series, which could very well be tonight, or it could very yeah. well be into the game seven, but. Um, yeah, as soon as that injury came down, it's such a weird situation. And we've seen it a couple of times. Guys like Kobe Bryant have experienced a similar injury where they go up, there's no contact. He just comes down and it feels like something had happened. They made contact with somebody, but nobody in the vicinity. And, uh, yeah, Kevin Durant was kind of looking around and it turns out it was a, a hamstring strain or calf strain. And, um, yeah, he's, he's going to be out the rest of the series, but a lot of the the kind of the commentary surrounding that injury is that Kevin Durant to the Warriors is a luxury, not a necessity. Yeah. And saying that, you know, guys like Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, they've got other guys. But when you consider a team like them with a hoot, DeMarcus Cousins and Kevin Durant. That's huge. It is huge. It's a luxury. That, that's, that's BS. I mean, yeah. he, he's, he's a big part of that team. He's the best and, player and, in the league. Absolutely. And Steph Curry hasn't really played uh, like the Steph Curry we know because Houston is in, in his face. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't have a lot of time and space. No, he looked great, though, when Kevin Durant did go out. He did step up and was shooting the lights out like he normally does. So I think that it's good for the Warriors and for their fans to see that he stepped up. Um, but at the same time, now that Houston's got a full day off and a full game plan mm-hmm. around not having Durant, I think that they can certainly key in on Curry and force guys like Draymond and, and Clay uh, to win this series outright. And the other word uh, in the NBA, going back to the Raptors, uh, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard is not really, a, he's not a talkative guy, but you know, people from inside his camp saying that he is seriously considering uh, signing a long-term deal with the Raptors, and that, which would be uh, phenomenal. I still... 
I, I still, I'm from Missouri. I'm from the show me state. So I, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I think the LA Clippers are, are really in the mix because I think they have a big future and, you know, for all the accounts, he wants to be in California. Yeah, I think, but I think he's still got plenty of time so he can. Yeah, maybe, they need to win game seven. Yeah. If this is even going to come to fruition. Right. And I think he's, but even still, I think even after he goes through this next phase of contracts, I think he's still got at least one more big set of contracts yeah. upcoming. So whether he goes to LA or the West Coast now or later on in his career to finish off, maybe that's something he likes to do. Um, but I think Toronto, if he does resign, they're definitely one of the best situations for him to be in in terms oh, absolutely. of Play, yeah, the, the playoffs depth and, and yeah. depth and in terms of the yeah. opportunities to win championships. And I think you're right. I think he, they do have to get out of this series and, and probably even to get through Milwaukee mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. for him to seriously consider staying in Toronto. Um, but I think that it's gaining more and more steam with each passing game. And switching to the NHL, uh, the uh, Final Four got underway last night. Boston uh, defeated uh, um, uh, Carolina. Uh, Carolina had a lead in that uh, going into the third period, and and they they fell apart. And the, uh, it was more to me uh, that was more of a Carolina loss than a, than a Bruin win. And I think this is going to be a long series. Yeah, it felt like it for sure, especially with the way Carolina had played through forty, um, and then yeah. they they allow Boston to get those two quick goals to start the third period, and then they were just. Uh, on their heels the rest of the way, and then Boston obviously finished them off to finish out that third period. But it's a good matchup. It's intriguing, certainly, looking at the difference between Carolina and Boston in terms of the way that they play and in terms of the names that each team has. I think it's going to be an interesting series to watch for sure, but I think the key for for Boston to get through this series and perhaps even to win the Cup is the continued play of Tuka Rask, who's been exceptional in the series for them. And he's, you know, I think in in my estimation right now, the favorite to win the Conn Smythe if Boston does get through. Uh, even though a couple other guys could have their say with you know Pasternak and um, and Brad Marchand and some of the other guys who have continued to play well throughout the playoffs. I, I still have Carolina winning this series, uh, uh, mostly because I want to see them shove it in Don Cherry's face. Uh, but but I still think that you know their depth and just their their the vibe around that team is uh, is, is something. Now the Bruins' power play is something as we saw last night. It's uh, probably the best power play in the playoffs right now. But I just think they have some holes that. Uh, that Carolina's going to be able to take advantage of, especially and when, you know, I don't think home ice means as much uh, in the NHL as home court does in the NBA, but, you know, it's going to be a pretty special thing to see the crowd in, uh, in in Raleigh when these guys go back, when the series goes back there. Absolutely. And again, they talk about this whole idea of the storm surge all the way through yeah. this season. And wouldn't it be great for, for Don Cherry to see the bunch of jerks coming through <laughs> against the, his, uh, his pride his and joy Bruins. in the Boston Bruins. Yeah. I didn't even really think about that until, uh, talking about it with you right now in terms of, you know, Don Cherry's team and the Bruins against the team that is, you know, have been his the thorn in his side, so to speak, over the last couple of months. Well, and and, and Grapes is is backtracking a little bit on what, what he said. I mean, he said what he said. And, and uh, you know, I I get it that uh, hockey purists don't like what they did with their post game celebrations, soccer style celebrations. But the thing that a lot of purists don't understand, it's kind of a, it's kind of a snotty way of looking at stuff and very Canadian to look at it that way. They don't understand, you know, they're in the, they're in the, they're in, it's, it, they're in the entertainment business and where the Carolina hurricanes are located, hockey's not top of mind. So you've got to make something to make it different to attract people. And if you want to have an NHL that has, uh, franchises that that struggle all the time, then then keep it a stodgy old NHL. But if you want to entertain people, I love what Carolina is doing. There's not six teams in the NHL anymore, and certainly that's some, right. Some of those markets have, yeah. have got to find a way to thrive. And 
you know, you look at Las Vegas and what they're doing in their in-game entertainment. You look at t- places like Nashville, not a typical hockey market, but the in-arena experience oh, it, has grown unreal. into what's been a great fan base. And yeah. I think that that's something. And they're they're setting the platform for other fan bases to to replicate. So I think I I enjoy it as well. I think you know, in a place like Raleigh, where you've got to compete with North Carolina State athletics, and you got Duke and North Carolina in the vicinity as well. You got the Carolina Panthers. You know, even the you Charlotte got the NFL, Hornets. Yep, that's right. You've everything. got a lot of competition in that part of the world. Yeah, and, so if yeah. you're the Carolina Hurricanes brass yeah. and you know, you can see say what you want about Rod Brindamore and what he's what he's done in terms of I guess supporting the push for the for his guys to be doing this. But um yeah, I think some of the, the yeah, hockey purists. Some like of the that. older hockey guys like Brindamore. If they don't have a problem with it, yeah. then I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I, mean, I think some I think of the, some of those who are upset with it have kind of lightened up a yeah. little bit and just allow the NHL to flourish. And I think that this is a great way for that to happen. And then switching to the Ontario Hockey League, uh, the Ottawa 67s and the Guelph Storm are playing in the OHL final. Uh, got underway last weekend. Ottawa won the first two games at home. And uh, people thought, you know, they uh, uh, that was they to, to go up uh, 14 games in a row. Uh, haven't lo- hadn't lost a game in the playoffs. Then the series goes back to Guelph. But in game two, Mikey DiPietro, the uh, perhaps the best junior goaltender on the planet, uh, sustained a high ankle sprain. Uh, and he, I'm told uh, by uh, people within the Canucks organization, he's a Canucks draft pick, obviously, and uh, that he is done for the season, that they do not want him to play again. He's definitely done for this series. There's a possibility that if Ottawa moves on to the Memorial Cup that he might be able to play, but I don't think the Vancouver Canucks want to see that. No, and I think rightfully so. Yeah. I think that that's, per, that's their prerogative in order to try to sustain their investment long-term and make sure that DiPietro doesn't come back too early and try to re-injure his ankle, perhaps. And um, ruin his summer of training. Absolutely. Yeah, he has nothing to prove. He's already no. run a Memorial Cup. Yeah, and he's yeah. going yeah, to make his way through, and he's going to be a huge part of that Canucks organization yeah. moving forward and has already proven himself on the world stage with the Canadian junior team. Um, obviously tough news to swallow if you're a 67s fan or anyone watching junior hockey in the OHL and wanting to see perhaps a, an OHL representative go on a run for the Memorial Cup. But at the same time, I think that the Canucks are, are rightfully within their own reason to not have DiPietro come back. And as a result of his injury going down, Guelph has fought their way back and their series is tied 2-2. And, you know, with uh, with Guelph, uh, they cruise through the first round. They go down three games to nothing in the second round to the London Knights. And come back and win that in seven. They go down three games to one to uh, the Saginaw Spirit, the team that I picked to win the the West. And they come back and win that. Now with Saginaw did implode, and uh, they Ottawa did not have an answer for them in games three and four. It'll be a very different. Home ice does matter in the OHL, in the Canadian Hockey League, in the OHL, and it, it's uh, it'll be sold out at TD Place tonight, and that's great to see again the 67s like they used to selling games out in Ottawa because it's a fun place to watch hockey. It certainly is, and they, obviously there hasn't been a lot to celebrate in terms of Ottawa hockey this year on the professional side of things, so. and there won't be for a while. No, certainly no. not, and I think that it's it's great for for Ottawa fans and uh, hockey fans in in uh, in that area to try to celebrate the 67s run here. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Guelph and, and their home ice has been great for them. And it just seems like they should just start every playoff series down three yep, games and yeah, just go from them. there, have their back against the wall and, and be in a must win situation right from the onset of the series. <laughs> We're down two games and nothing. We got it right where we want them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Kyle, that's great. Uh, thank you for coming in again. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do this again next week. Sounds great to me. And, uh, have a great week and good luck. Uh, good luck with the uh, Casey soccer and moving into the playoffs. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. All right, buddy.